Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot CEO. Don't forget to add the two-on-one podcast in the how did you hear about Podgo section of your application. Now get ready for the rest of the episode. Well, as we're back. Yep. Still here. The first time Hello. in how long it's all three of us together. All the infinity oh. stones gathered. Finally. In a couple weeks. It's been like, it's got to be at least two weeks. Yeah. Because last, yeah. last episode you weren't here before that, Daniel. For that you so yeah, yeah it's been like two weeks mm-hmm. and then how long has it been since it was only the three of us because then we had like three episodes was it when we just had mm-hmm. guests That's i think true. travis boyd was still on the leafs <laughs> it's been a while um yeah that's a good question actually yeah vc for sure vc wasn't but anyway who cares it's who cares about travis boyd he is like the least important thing that we could have talked about today who cares a lot of That's things true. travis looks like he's 36 when he's like 28 anyway the trade deadline's tomorrow that's pretty exciting we're what 25 and a half hours away mm-hmm. sure you're we're staying on until is, then oh more than your, that like your 26. math your math is as good as mine i think it's 26 and a half guess. hours just under that well it's gonna heat up or i mean i hope it heats up no, yeah. it's, it's going to get what, Alex? What? It's going to get what? I don't know. It's going to get... What's the joke here? I don't know. It's going to get... Just say what it is. It's going to get nuts. Oh, get let's nuts? get nuts. Yes. You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. That's also Seinfeld. Michael Keaton in Batman oh, as well. Yeah. Nuts? I mean, yeah, that that's too, yeah. It's nuts Seinfeld. that you think that's a better movie than The Dark Knight. Which one? I, it's on my list. Both of them are on my list. I said there was no ranking system. Um, yeah. For context, That's I set my favorite movie lists. Um, for anyone listening, we'd love to see your movie lists. Sure. Yes. Unless it doesn't have Jurassic Park on it, then it's just, what's the point? Because I lived Jurassic Park. I went to Jurassic Park. No, you didn't. You're yes, not I Elon did. Musk. No, I did. I went to game five. Clearly no one. In the Milwaukee had... Bucks of the conference finals. I was there at Jurassic Park. I saw them oh, put Giannis Good on the point. brink. I, you know, every time I see something, but I saw that, I, I don't know who sent it, if it was uh, you or Daniel, but I saw the Elon Musk thing about Jurassic Park. I'm like, n- has no one watched any of the movies? Or read the books. <laughs> Like, have you done no research? Well, you know, I feel like, I feel like nowadays we could make a Jurassic Natural Park, and I think it could be safe. I would just say maybe stick away from the Velociraptors. The claw. Like, what's wrong with having a, a Barachiosaurus? Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Sure, I mean, have a Triceratops. A- anything can go wrong, though. Respect to Kawhi Leonard right there. Listen, no, forget about no, no. I would go to Jurassic Park. It's not about people not going Jurassic Park. I guarantee you, it would be, it'd be as popular as Disney World, but more. Yeah, probably more because it's a literal movie, and we've been able, we figured it out. Mm -hmm. But things are probably gonna go wrong. 
No, no, if you do it right, the the whole oh, well, point. But that's of easy. That's so much easier said than done. That's was, much was easier said than done. Negligence and all this, and then Nedry, like the whole point. And it's also a big thing in the book. It's just like the complete thing of negligence. If this was, if Jurassic Park was real, yeah, you're not going to have the thing where you know Dennis Nedry can just screw everything up. Anyway, you know what's really sad about that? Before we move on, what the waste of that perfectly good ice cream. Okay, um, we'll talk about trades here. We can talk about a few things. We can, because uh, we're going to talk about the lease, we're going to talk about the Habs, but there's a lot of trade stuff we can kind of mention here. We can either cover everything that was mentioned last night on headlines and that beautiful rapid fire segment that Freeman and, and Chris Johnson had. We can spend some time talking about Taylor Hall. We can look at guys who are still available, or we can look at trades that have already happened. Where do you guys want to start? It's pretty open ball here. Yes. Uh, trades that already happened. Okay. All right. First off, probably the biggest one. We have had a few trades kind of heating up here. And just to make it clear, like <laughs> we're talking about trades here that have some significance because there was Patrick Nemeth was traded. We don't care about Patrick Nemeth. Well, I remember I mentioned it. Remember, I, remember when I insisted we put him on the big board list? No, I <laughs> don't. Like he's having a resurgent year defensively. All right. Uh, no, 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 not Patrick Namath. We'll get Colorado out of the way because like, this is a significant move in the likes of they have their third goalie technically once Francis is healthy in that. They get Devin Dubnik. They send a fifth round pick and Greg Patterin, remember him, um, to San Jose for the veteran goaltender. One of two Montreal Canadians that what was the staff from the quiz, Daniel? Oh, that they were in the top five for Vesna voting. Yes, and they were both in the half system at like one point. Whatever. Yeah. Devin Dubnik, Colorado get their goalie. And I, I'm not going to lie. I don't know if Devin Dubnik is much of an upgrade from how they were with Michael Hutchinson in the bubble last year. I, well, I think I went back to check my notes. I actually had Colorado going for Devin Dubnik. But I, I, it depends on what they're looking for looking for like they all, all they had to give up was a fifth and greg Patton pattern you're not I, I don't know if going out there and spending more assets than you really need to on a bernier or <clears throat> a mers lincoln's or whoever to be your third string goalie just because it puts you in a really tricky situation with your roster size, right? Cause you, you're going to have to, depending on the situation, you might have to send him down to this taxi squad or whatever. And the bigger the name, the more likely they get claimed. Like what are the chances Devin Dubnik gets claimed if Pavel, well, Francis is out for the rest of the season, but what are the chances Dubnik gets claimed? Probably less than 1%. Exactly. Daniel, your, your thoughts, Devin Dubnik. I don't know. I just, he, you know, really, really rough the last two years. His numbers have been, haven't been good at all. And we, we've heard this before, but I think at this point, he's already 34 that we don't know if he's going to have that bounce back type of performance he had when he first went to the wild because remember when he remember he was a have like you mentioned he was on the predators for a bit he was on the coyotes for a bit and it just wasn't working there and it was kind of the same situation but maybe and you know this is just being positive about it it's a more stable situation of where he's going in right now because the sharks are still trying to figure out who they are but with colorado maybe 
given what's in front of them now, especially that defense, that some of that value will be rebuilt. And it's 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 interesting for me because Greg Patterns included in this deal because they traded Ian Cole for him, and Colorado's been very uh, very very like conscious of their cap situation that they, they they keep trying to save money here and there for like maybe a future move later on in the offseason. At the same time, you, you'd also like to be careful that like Landis Cog's almost up, right? That's mm. you can't lose that player. Not to mention like you appreciate Joe Sackick building and also being careful, knowing in mind that he's a very big contract coming in the future of Nathan McKinnon. Even if he does take a discount, he's still going to make at least like $9 million. And, yeah. you know, that's a big raise in the flat cap era. And talking about cap moves, the Panthers made a pair of moves, and we can talk about the sort of cap clear one first. And that is them sending Brett Connolly and Riley Stillman along with a sweet round pick. The sweetener in this deal being Henrik Borgstrom, who was never going to come back. They go to Chicago for Lucas Carlson, who's that? I don't know, neither do you. Who cares? And Lucas Walmark, who Alex... History with the Panthers. Yeah, he was part of the Trocheck deal mm-hmm. last year. I think I, I don't know if I had him coming to the Leafs with the free agency, but I think he could be a sneaky depth guy. Uh, and considering the Panthers are very good right now, mm-hmm. um, this could be pretty. It could be an interesting piece that they can at least plug in if there is an injury, or he might even be in the the lineup. Who knows? Henrik Borgstrom is interesting, Daniel. Yeah, um, he didn't want to come back to Florida, but you know, maybe that maybe he's looking now at what the top six situation is with Chicago, and they they could entice him to come back. He's only twenty three. He was only in the two thousand sixteen draft, and for the other pieces they got, I remember um, Alex Baumgartner on Twitter was mentioning this, and there was another link to it as well from an article where there hasn't been a huge sample size of what Riley Steelman could really do. Mm-hmm. if given the opportunity and the way Chicago is and the way that the narrative has been this year where they've really given every young guy in their system a chance that mm-hmm. yeah that they could really he could really become someone that maybe could be a stable top four guy for them um taking on Brett Conley that that's interesting because I already knew that contract wasn't going to age too well after he left the Capitals but maybe he could provide some secondary scoring on the right side so I do, by the way, like credit where credit is due. Uh, credit to Stan Bowman here. Uh, good move to get Borgstrom. I like him. Um, even even Stillman. Like yeah. uh, I, I was reading, like, I think he played a few games this year. He's, play, he's played recently for the, for the Panthers, and I've only read like really good things about him. So that's another guy. Good pickup here. Mm-hmm. And this cap room, the Panthers want to make moves, and with Aaron Eckblad out, they get their defenseman. Um, Buffalo's Brandon Montour, the Sabres get a 2021 third rounder in return. Uh, we all like Montour. I think we've talked about that he probably has the Buffalo effect on him. He's a good transition defenseman. Um, like, I, I remember I, I talked about an article a few years ago of like comparing him, Vatnin, and Jonas Brodeen's transition games, and he was right up there. So, uh, obviously, he's not going to be Aaron Eckblad, but. It's a defenseman. It's a good defenseman too. Right, yeah. right shot. Yeah. Yeah, and and it makes them. I believe Monter can also. He's played both sides with the Sabers, so that that's a useful thing. But 
another thing is when Ekblad does come back, I know he was he's going to be out 12 weeks, uh, so but now it should be about 10 because it's been two weeks since then. It makes the the their decor that much better because you're probably going to what have Montour on the right side or the it, like he's going to be on the bottom pairing by the time Ekblad comes back. So it just shows that the depth that this team now has even on the back end as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Keith Yandel's around there too. It's a good defensive core. A really good defensive core. Yeah. Just the asset management. Um, this one thing I actually wanted to ask you guys about, and it's on the in the on the Buffalo side, because I know that for a while they've been really bad, and they've been doing these types of moves to try to get something somewhere, right? Like, yeah. In terms of like what was given or what was on the other side of things like was what was worse the marco scandela deal or this brandon montour deal well scandela by far they, second because they gave up a first round pick for uh, brandon montour as well with brendan gooley yeah but you you it looks really really bad when a few months later a team then flips it. Remember how bad Ottawa looked for the Hoffman deal mm-hmm. when like an hour after they traded him, San Jose flipped him and got an even better return. Yeah. It didn't look good. And no. like at the time, and I know you're talking about asset management. I think we all liked Brandon Montour. You know, I don't think that was a bad move. And like, if they had probably a proper coaching staff in place, it probably would have worked out better. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, I just pulled up the trades for Marco Scandella now. And January 2nd, he was traded to Montreal for a fourth. Uh, and then February 18th, he was traded to St. Louis, 50% retained, but still they got a second and a conditional fourth. And the condition was that Scandella resigned and he obviously resigned. So that's another, that's a fourth. They recouped the asset that they lost and got a second round pick. Does it show who the second rounder was? Uh, Jack Finley. Jack Finley. Okay, never mind. I, I was hoping it was going to be Jan Misak, but okay. Like the first that, yeah, no, the first that the Ducks got was Braden Tracy. Braden Tracy. That's a good name. Two first names, Braden Tracy. And they, like, on the Buffalo side, they got something. Yeah. If there was a better deal, it would have been had. I like, I, you know what? They're getting, they're getting picks. They need them. The uh, sorry, the Jan Mizak pick was from the Andrew Shaw trade from 2019. Ah, excellent, excellent, excellent. Yeah. Love me some Jan Mizak, great guy. Right. Um. Also, biggest trade really is as you know, second second biggest one. Just quickly, breaking news. Yeah. Because we, talk- we were talking about Florida, mm-hmm. um, and I know we were going to get to it later, but he just signed. Uh, Nikita Gusev, one year, $1 million. With the, the Panthers. With the Panthers. And Friedman said that they were the leading, they were the front runners to get him. But oh, I yeah. hate that. That's good, for, that's good for the Panthers. Yeah, it just adds to their team. depth. Like, <laughs> a really yeah. good team. Yeah, and who doesn't like living in Florida? That I mean, it almost feels like COVID never existed there. <laughs> the way like the restrictions went. They took our Toronto teams. That. Well, they yeah, the snowbirds <laughs> are still there. Um, oh boy. Uh, okay, what do you think is the bigger trade, Savard or Palmieri? I I'm gonna go with Savard 
not because of the name. I think Kyle Palmieri would is the better player, but I think the shenanigans that went on behind the behind the um, behind doors with this trade makes it a bigger trade. Okay, so uh, I didn't even bother to make notes of this because I, I didn't think I'd be able to do it justice. So I have cat friendly up. So yesterday. Tampa Bay, Detroit, and Columbus decided to make a three-way trade. (laughs) Okay, so Columbus get a first and a third. The third is 2022, the first is this year, and that's Tampa Bay's. They then send David Savard to Detroit at 50% retained, Detroit then retained another 50%. So that's a total of 75% of his salary. Detroit, for their business here, get a fourth rounder. And because apparently because of the retained salary, there's actually not as much money as you think. So Iserman got even less money spent for the fourth rounder. So, it's, you know, even in Detroit, he's making Tampa Bay better. And then Tampa received Brian Lashoff. Who cares? That's for the salary's sake. And for a cap hit of $1,062,500, they have David Savard. You know what's funny? I think two months ago we mentioned, like, has this ever happened as a player been retained twice? And then Mm -hmm. we talked about the Robert Leonard deal to Toronto. And, yeah, it's crazy. (laughs) They weaponized it once again. I. It's sickening. I remember seeing like it's a three-way trade, three-way trade, and Detroit are involved, and you just go, <laughs> "Isaiah, you sob." I I honestly thought that Columbus was gonna help um, Tampa out, it, like take on one of those contracts, because then it's one less thing for Breezebot to deal with in the summer. Either way, like. This makes the team that much better. I pulled up daily face off here just to look at what their defensive pairings would be. Would you like to hear them? Sure. Pretty good. Um, so this is what they have. They have Ben Thomas as their second right-handed defenseman. I'm just going to throw David Savard in there. So it's Victor Hedman and Eric Cernak. Pretty good. Ryan McDonough, David Savard. Mikhail Sergachev and Cal Foote. <laughs> I think they're okay. They're and, so going to win back to back. And they remember they have Nikita Kucherov coming back at the start yeah, of the playoffs, exactly. even though he's been skating for like two, for he'd be skating for two months at that point by the start of the playoffs, which We're is kind of ridiculous. Schedule, right? C- complete crap. You know, Dallas felt like there's plus that division because of Dallas at the beginning of the year, their schedule is getting messed. And Kucherov is going to be fresh as a daisy. And Andre Vasilevsky is putting up like historic numbers. It's it's unfair sometimes, but I still think they they're not done. I think what? what? No, I think I don't. Remember, because we we mentioned they might try to still get like a goalie. I don't know anymore. Back goalie. What I is, don't know. Like don't what? Know. They don't need anything. Like literally. Like I'm I'm looking at their at their roster because the thing is, even the guys they bring up from the AHL, they're so good at what they do. 
like in terms of development and scouting that it doesn't even matter. The guy they bring up is going to, is going to do well because for whatever reason, they don't need draft picks, right? Like we we're to like, they're just handing out draft picks in a way they, they don't have a first, they don't have a second and they don't have a fourth this year. They have three sevens and they're still going to get good players from it. Three sevens. They, they don't care. Like, I don't even, I'm not even phased they gave up a first. Who cares? They won. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, everyone talks about how great Carolina are. Like, do you trust their goaltending 100%? Do you think that the team hasn't won anything? And they have to go through Tampa? And, like, right now, based on the standing games played aside, it, it, it looks like it's Florida Tampa in the first round. Oh, thank you very much. And then, like, let's say, like, Tampa gets through. It's either going to be Carolina or Florida. And Nashville? Nashville aren't going to make it. But imagine if, if Pecorino is like, hey, what's up? Remember me? Blackhawks, I'm going to pull that type of move. They're, they're walking to the conference finals. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's, I was angry Pending when upset. I first saw this. Sorry? Pending upset. I was so, so mad when I saw, first off, like, I think it was Freeman saying Savard's going to be a lightning. And then, like, the moment I just saw Iserman come in, I just couldn't stop laughing. Well, they, per- yeah, sorry, go ahead. Because remember in the, in the beginning of the season, there were rumors that, like, Tampa were going to try and send Tyler Johnson to, uh, to Detroit, or, like, the Zetterberg deal was going to come the other way. It's just, I wish that we had smarter GMs. Wow. Yeah, yeah, bold. we don't, have, we don't, uh, yeah. Well, you know what the thing is? They teased us for this, right? Friedman, I like they, they had been saying that Tampa was interested in Savard, and we're like, ah, that's not no. gonna happen. Like we all brushed it off. Like there's no way they can, they can make this move, and they made the move. I hate them. They're cheeky. Anything <sighs> else on Savard before we move on to Palmieri and say Jack? No, I like a lot of the comments and posts that have been going on about David Savard, where it's a bit of a legacy guy where he's been with Columbus literally through thick and thin, <laughs> literally through the highs and lows of this organization drafted in 2009. He was a very low pick and he just was one of those guys that developed into what I mentioned last week, like a Tortorella type of guy where he was just a system guy. Yep. And great, great. That Tampa Bay defense is better than it was last year. Yes. It's bull crap. Yeah, they didn't yes. have a right side. They replaced Zach Bogosian with David Savard. I hate it. I just threw my bracelet on the ground because I'm so triggered right now. But where does Luke Shen fit into this? Who cares? What? It doesn't, even doesn't matter. matter. How can you even, say that? It doesn't even matter. Doesn't matter. It doesn't, doesn't even matter. matter. Anyway, um, another big trade here. Poor James Duff, James Duffy right now. He's just credit to him because he's been working the Masters, right? Yeah. So he's been doing this since Thursday, Thursday, yeah, Thursday, which is like it starts at like normally like one to like stupid late, and then he'll be working the deadline tomorrow. And I think TSN is starting at eight. Yeah. So like, think of James Duffy right now that he's losing content by the day. Love him. Um, the Devils, the trade that we all sort of knew was going to happen, have acquired, but why am I saying the Devils to start? The Islanders, they get Kyle Palmieri. 
They get Travis Sajax. They get the depth centerman they want and the scoring winner, winger. I can't wait to see him play with Barzell. The Devils will get a pair of warm bodies. You don't need to know who A.J. Greer and the other guy is, who we don't know how to say his name because there's a J and there's an O, there's a B. It doesn't make sense. Jobst. Jobst. Like Jobs. I've never heard of him. Tyson Jobs, no. It's just, it's weird. Anyway, it doesn't matter. They're career AHLers. They're not going to play. It, like, they're... Doesn't matter. Like that, that's those are roster spaces. That, that's even families. You saying? Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it doesn't matter. That's why I. It's warm bodies. Like they don't matter in this trade. What matters is the 2021 first and a conditional fourth that turns into a third in either 2022 or 2023. The Islanders get to pick which one because Lamorello. Um, and the condition the Islanders have to make the Cup final this year. We all know this is a good trade, but what I want to ask is, and at first I thought, oh boy, the Devils have absolutely been fleeced here. Were the Devils fleeced, or is this just the market? I I think Mm. there's a couple things here. Um, I think think part of it is just the market. I I think, I don't think it's going to be a big market. Like, I, I don't think we're going to see many high prices being paid just because most teams don't have cap space. And I think the number of buyers is limited. And I think that's going to throw some things off. There's not going to be bidding wars left, right, and center. Um, but I, 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 ha- I wonder this because I don't think the Islanders are going to extend Palmieri. I, I don't know. I don't no. know if that's, that's going to happen here. I don't think he can uh, afford it, right? Because he's going to, this is probably his like last long term deal. Do you wonder if they maybe took a little bit less of a price? They said, hey, Kyle, um, you just got to go gotta next go. door. And it helps them bring him back in the summer or free uh, agency. Just an idea. God, that was it. Apparently. Oh. Um, you know, I just the way the Devils are, and like the way it lines up with Paul Mary right now, like his career. I mean, like, I I just don't really like see the sort of the alignment there. I just like at this point, like he's been part of that Devils team that have not taken like any steps in how long, like. What was the last 2011? Must have been the last time they won a playoff series. Uh, 2012, when they went to the Cup like, final. Even if it was, even if it was just for COVID in this deadline, he wanted to go closer to home, and I'm sure Lamarella was a big part of that too. Um, I'm sure if he gets a longer term contract and a deal somewhere else, he can like, figure it out. But like, I, I just that's the kind of guy that strikes me. Like, you know, I'd, I'd like to like he's got hard miles on him. He plays hard. Like, I want a chance to win now. You know, just because yeah. the Devils have just been, they've been nothing for a decade now. That is true. My take. Good point. My column. Mm-hmm. My column. <laughs> so why don't we just quickly, we can identify because I got a few things here of, we can talk about Taylor Hall in a second here, because I'm, I'm kind of wondering here if there's, if there's, you know, maybe players we're not thinking about. So first of all, let's just go through every team, and we'll do this in like a minute. It'll be real quick. Buyers, sellers, get out of here. Beliefs, buyers, buyers. obviously. Yes. 
buyers. They want a defenseman we know from Friedman. Right. They're Makes buyers, sense. right? Yeah. Not even. Oilers, I, they don't have the cap. They can't do anything. Get out of here. Yeah. The Habs, buyers. Buyers. They need a defenseman. The Flames. They're a weird one. They, they have a goalie to get rid of? I, I that's about it. Like, I don't think they're sellers uh, full out because they're not going to no, trade no. a big guy midseason. They're going to do what they can with whatever. Like, you know what? They're a conservative seller. There we go. That's what I was going to say. They're a conservative <laughs> seller. We're only using EA Sports terms from now on. <laughs> so, so let's just say, okay, so Toronto, oh, Winnipeg, Montreal, the Canucks – I don't know how much they're going to be able to sell. Like they're going to have to stay. Who in your right mind is going to buy anything from the Canucks after COVID? Also, the Sens. Yeah. Sorry. No, I was just going to say. Also, if GM, if Jim Betting is a uh, respectful guy, he probably doesn't move any of them. No. um, The Sens. I mean, it's probably going to be like a defenseman, like maybe Mike Riley. Oh, he just mentioned it. Mm, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, look where he is now. So, like, but the Sens are they really? They're not buyers, no. So, <laughs> Colorado, we can probably put on there. But like, yeah, anything big? Mm. Like, like Vegas don't have any money. They never have any money. <laughs> are Minnesota buyers? No. Um, slightly. According to my colleague Aaron Heckman, they are going to stay put and go with what they have. So, yeah, which is yeah. smart. They, they're not at that point, right? The Blues, we know Armstrong does not make moves if his team is not going to win. Chad and Kirk, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. The Blues are not going to buy. No. The Yotes, they're not going to buy. The Sharks, <laughs> no. Kings, and Ducks are not going to buy. You know what? I, I, <laughs> what was it um, uh, that, that Murray said? Like he, he wants a hockey deal? Yeah, it was 23 to 27-year-olds. <sighs> Whatever. The Caps don't have money. Apparently, the Islanders may still be on in Hall. We're going to talk yeah. about him later. I had a funny thing about that with the Palmieri one where um, I was going to mention that Darren Dreger said that they had they had the framework of a deal for Taylor Hall. Mm-hmm. But when um, Tom Fitzgerald added Travis Zajac as a sweetener, uh, Lou Lamarella went with that deal. Yeah, remember so, legacy guy. Remember Lamarello said his team's a family, guys. No, I I wonder if it's I wonder if it's the center like the center depth there, right? I, I yeah. wonder if that's something they're worried about. Again, it's a guy he drafted too, so you know yeah. that too. So like the Pens, I don't see them being like anything special. The Bruins, but they probably want to do a hockey deal. They don't want to do a rental. No, they need someone on the back end, like. Now, <laughs> yeah, the Flyers, the Rangers, the Devils, and the Sabers aren't going to touch a damn thing. No, they're, they're probably going to be sellers. Like, I mean, are the Rangers are going to be like conservative sellers with the retool? We're just we're just looking at buyers, right? We're just looking oh, buyers. At buyers. Okay. Oh, okay. Carolina wanted defensemen. We know that. Or scoring. Yeah. Tampa have made their move. Um, <laughs> no, no more. The Panthers oh, be- have made their moves. Sorry, Before we move forward, I just remember last night. I think it was Chris Johnson who tweeted it. Hayden Fleury is out of the lineup until the deadline is over. Yes. Um, so then, and then Detroit, Columbus, Dallas, Chicago, Nashville, and the like, and the Panthers have made their moves. It looks like 
So Toronto, Winnipeg, Montreal, Colorado, Asterix, Boston for a hockey deal, and Carolina are the buyers. Mm. Not a lot. And let Too me many. get up the, the TSN trade bait board here. Because <laughs> I was looking at it after the Zavara deal, and I realized, oh, no. It is um, the trade bait board, not as good as the big board. but No, of course not. Never. If you haven't it. seen that, go check it out on the website. So, David Savard is still <laughs> on this, by the way. So, Taylor Hall, Hoffman, Felino, Alafalo, Ayafalo, Bernie, Glendening, Granlin, Manson's not getting moved. Um, Jamie Alexiak is the biggest defenseman still there because Ekholm's not going in there. Vince Dunn, maybe. Chicago's cap space. Yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy. I don't know. I know it's it's been a while already, but it's crazy when we say that that Chicago has cap space. I know. Well, it's just Seabrook, just the LTIR, really. Yeah, and Taze at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and probably soon Nikita Zadorov. So let me ask you this, then, guys. Uh, just quickly here, I have three names. There were about seven, but half of them got traded over the past week. I'm going to ask you a name. I want you to, the first team that you think really makes sense here. We don't need to spend too much time on it. No honorable mentions, please, Daniel. Three names. Where does your gut say that they are going to end up? And you can't say they stay in their current team. Got it. Number one, Jamie Alexiak. Uh, The Leafs. Montreal. No, no, no. Uh, We need a puck mover, damn it. Uh, Mike Hoffman. Carolina. Oh, that is a really good show. Ooh. Um, I, I, <laughs> I kind of want to go with Carolina too. That's such, no. I could see them making a move like that. Okay. Come back to me on Mike Hoffman. I, I just, I got to think about it. Daniel Jonathan Bernier. Uh, that's a tough one now. Um, you know who I wonder about Bernier if they can make the money work. Washington. I'll say Toronto. Retained. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Uh, uh, you know what? No, fair. I, I thought it was a good I idea. I mean, no one thought Michael Hudson was coming back. Well, he wasn't supposed to play at all in the NHL. But then <laughs> the Devils were like, hey there, we're taking, uh, who was the goalie? Aaron Dell. Aaron Dell. What a waste of those pads he, and that goalie mask he, he bought. Yeah. Do you know about um, about Hoffman yet, Alex? Yeah, Hoffman. I I think their Edmonton is going to find a way to bring Mike Hoffman in. And Jonathan Bernier. And Jonathan Bernier. I know they're not technically buyers, but I I just have a feeling the Flyers. That's it. The Philly are going to be. I'm I'm interested to see what Philly do. Okay, rapid fire stuff here. And this means the trade deadline rumors from headlines last night. The Islanders apparently are still somehow, amongst other teams, still in on Taylor Hall. Lamorello, ladies and gentlemen. I gave it a 45% chance. You know know how I think they could do it? Uh, Leo Komarov going the other way? That would would help. Or Um, Kyle Clutterbuck, yeah. uh, One of them. And... They'll do. It'll be. There'll be another three-way trade, double retention. Detroit can retain one more contract. 
I think the Islanders give a sweetener, like they give a Kiefer Bellows or a, I don't know, who else they get? Kiefer Bellows or Scott Mayfield. Sure. Um, the Minnesota Wild are apparently interested in Nick Foligno. His brother Marcus is saying, yes, please, Daniel, you're the Minnesota guy here. I'm low risk. He's uh, it's it's kind of weird because they are actually stacked on wing. I really thought they would go for because a big thing f- right now, and I think uh, Darren Dreger's talked about it, is that they're because they're really bad on faceoffs. They don't actually have a true, like a true legitimate number one center. A bunch of the center guys they have have all played wing in the past mostly. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Like Ryan Hartman's playing center right now. Uh, I know how they feel. I know how they feel. Um. The Leafs and Colorado seem to be interested in your guy, Matias Yanmark. I, I mean, I had, I think I had, I'm pretty sure I had him on my um, free agency list when we did that back in uh, whatever month that was. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he could be a uh, an interesting depth piece now that they brought in Riley Nash, and I know we're going to get to that later. Mm-hmm. I don't know how likely it is. I can see it being something a little more last minute if there's nothing else, if he's still available. Mm-hmm. Daniel, um, Elliot Friedman very, very casually <laughs> mentioned that the Habs called Anaheim about Ryan Getzlaff. I'm, <laughs> I'm guessing that if that had worked, Eric Stahl would not be a Hab. Um, really, he's not going anywhere, but they apparently they really wanted to reunite him and Corey Perry. They're running it back like it's 07, which is another thing we'll talk about during the Habs section. But <laughs> I, I don't know, really that'd be funny. interesting. Um, yeah, it's kind of weird to do something like that. Yeah, I saw a funny tweet. It was like Montreal trying to get all the 03 draft back together. How are you going to afford him, though? It's like retained. It's more than $4 million. You had 50%. That's what messed it up. Apparently. Well, Tampa Bay figured it out. I'm pretty sure most other <laughs> Ryan Getzlaff's going to be on three teams before he heads, he finally makes <laughs> right. it to Montreal. Right. Yeah, yeah. Call up Detroit. All right, they take half. You get slapped for two million even at this point in his career. I take it. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, hey, if he doesn't want to move, then Ryan Getzlaff deserves the respect not to move, and he has a full note trade clause, which is pretty good. Yeah. Good player. Um. We talked about it a little earlier. The Jets still want a defenseman. And, okay, so let's talk about this, fellas. It's probably more likely that they get an Alexiak rather than go for a Dunn because, A, they don't, they don't need puck movers. And, B, we remember at the beginning of the season when the Blues wanted the first for Vince Dunn? Yes. Uh, I doubt the Jets are going to want to pay that price right now. Crazy times. No. Probably. No. Yeah. yeah. But four trades since October. Like I still had them on Echo, but I don't know anymore if they're gonna be willing to give up like a Christian Vasilainen or like a Villahelano anymore. They have not. Apparently, they've been asked about Villahelano, and they have said no. Yeah, that makes that many ma- times makes sense. I would be listen. I'd be willing to give up Christian Vasilainen. Uh, your top six is pretty good. Uh, in terms of your forward group, if it if that's what it takes to bring in a guy like Matias Ekholm, that changes a lot about the North Division right there. Mm-hmm. Another weird kind of guy here. I wasn't expecting this. Scott Lawton. Apparently, he prefers to stay in Philly, but the name also brought up interested in him was the Leafs. And I was like, do you know what? It works. He could be interesting that he can play center. 
And I, you, but he, he screams as the type of guy who also could be another option in that second line. Like Lawton is, is a flyer. You know, he fits that rough and tough style. I think that'd be a good fit. Um, this is breakout and, year, especially too. Yeah. And I, I just don't, I don't exactly understand how the cap is working for the Leafs. I think they have like, what's it? Six or 7 million in LTI. Yeah. But then it's like, but then, like, how does it work with Freddie? Is it the whatever, you know, shenanigans because the gap? But Scott Lawton, Alex. I, I think that would be an, a good move because you're right. I think it fills, it can fill two needs in a way. It can fill, hey, he can work on the second line and he can also play down the middle, which gets you a third line center. And I think he also fits a, exactly what the Leafs need for a guy playing next to Tavares and Nylander. I think a lot of people talk about Taylor Hall and I just, I think he's a good player, but I don't think he, he's what the team needs when it comes to filling that position next to Tavares and Nylander. Mm-hmm. What's funny to me is that, that it's just funny is that they, uh, the way this team is built for example, if they were to get a Scott Lawton, would match up really well against the Bruins in the playoff. Like if, if the play, that's just, that's just a funny thing for me right now, but I like Scott Lawton. Um, random fact, he played in the real juniors. He was captain of the team. Really? He was teammates with Morgan Riley on that team. Uh, they didn't win, but it was great to see, but I could, I, I could see it. I could, if they're comfortable of putting Kerfoot somewhere else, or if he plays the wing or he's the one who shipped out, I could see Lawton filling in more of that, that 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 top nine center kind of position, but um, in terms of the wing, like maybe it will fit, but I'm maybe I'm just still too biased. Like I could still see a Grundlin fitting in better on that left side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, the thing was, I don't know if Grundlin's an option anymore though, just because like Nashville have just seemed to just they've gone on this run. They don't look like they're gonna they're gonna do much. We're on the Leafs, so we might as well do the whole Leafs segment now, and. They acquired Riley Nash for basically a conditional seventh. Uh, and I describe Riley Nash in my notes here as a depth center you can trust. I like him more as a depth centerman, like higher in the lineup than I do a Pierre Engvall. Just because, like, it's just Riley Nash, especially when he was in Carolina, I think that's a much better representation of the player he is than, like, Columbus or, like, like once he got traded out of there, it just felt like they were like even the bossing, he didn't just quite fit. But I'd nice and especially like you don't want Thornton or Spezza ever touching the de- like center position in the playoffs, especially no. six games in. Um, it's it's um, it, it was a weird trade because when it kind of first happened, no one it wasn't really expected, like oh depth piece whatever and. And I guess, yeah, it's more LTIR. Uh, plus, what I've read is he's very good defensively. Offensively, it's kind of a wash, but... A Columbus guy, basically. It, it, it sounds like yeah. every guy, most people, <laughs> most guys in Columbus nowadays. Um, but it'll be it'll be a really good piece to say if whoever's injured, right? You're pushing the need of having guys in the AHL to come up that who really might not necessarily be fit there. Like would I rather have Adam Brooks or would I rather have Riley Nash? Well, I really like Adam Brooks, but I do think Riley Nash in this case, I'd put him in the playoff lineup before Adam Brooks. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
two things else we need to talk about the least, the Habs game and the Hyman contract. First, okay. talk about the Habs game. Is it me or was that away side of the ice during the Leafs game and Habs? Was it just cursed? Because anytime first first, obviously the first and third period, Montreal played that side. The second period was the Leafs. And anytime someone was on that side of the ice, it was seriously tilted. What was happening there? Yeah, I don't know. You're right. Like, uh, obviously, I was watching with Mike and um, the first and third periods, I thought the Leafs were the better team. And then the second period, the, I thought the Canadians were the better team. Don't know what was going on there. You're right. little weird. It kept it, it entertaining. It did. I don't know about entertaining. It was well, stressful. Enter- right. Entertaining for anyone not mm-hmm. affiliated with these two teams. Mm-hmm. Weird game. Weird, really, really weird game. And we should mention, it does kind of kill me to say this because he broke a Carey Price record. But Jack Campbell is a such a great guy. I love yeah. him. He joked because, uh, like, so it's it's up to 11 straight wins now to open the season, which beats Carey Price's record of 10, my heart. Um, uh, but it wasn't the best game for Campbell, and he said afterwards he owes the team a red lobster dinner. Like, yeah. freaking, what a, what a great guy. He's um, fishing for sponsorship. No, he's, no, he's too good. He's not like He's that. too nice to do that. He's not like McDavid, who every other post on Instagram is – you know, like adding to like him doing the floors in his new mansion or something. I said it. God, I'm still not over. They only got fined five thousand dollars. Or Kawhi Leonard, where um he's not sponsored by Gatorade, so he took the bottle off during uh, the press conference. And then he tried really? to see, was it Nike for the cloth? Design? Whatever. Oh no, I only make two hundred million dollars. Oh, like that South Park episode. Oh no, he only got one island because people really <laughs> stream music. Oh no. No sympathy. no sympathy for millionaires I have. I'm just oh, guys, we have yeah. a trade. We have a trade. Okay. Yes. Uh, this is from Samantha Pell, I believe, of the Washington Post. Yep. Uh, the Capitals have traded Jonas Siegenthaler to New Jersey for Arizona's third-round pick. That's solid. That guy is like a good defensive defenseman. Swiss guy. Um, in NHL, if you pick him in the expansion draft, he always develops into like a solid 80. That's Good true. penalty kill guy. In the right situation. Yes. Are they uh, moving cap or something? Like That doesn't make any sense for Washington. Yeah, I guess that guy actually was like a regular in the lineup. Yeah, like, maybe. Why would... That's so weird. Okay. Cool. Let's see. How much is he? Well, he only makes 800,000. That. That's weird. Cool draft cap. Why are the devils giving up a third too? That's oh, the uh, wow. They just keep so moving things from the Arizona <laughs> the, deal. The Taylor, the Hall, Taylor deal. Hall trade. Yeah, they're just getting something. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, let's go back to what we were talking about. Not big trade. So, so Alex, I want you to pitch this. So last night you were in the group chat talking about the Hyman contract and I stopped you because I'm like, bring it to the show. Mm-hmm. So you're thinking about why a three-year deal makes sense. Okay. Let me, first off, I when I wrote in the group chat that I'm happy we didn't talk, we haven't talked about it. I wasn't trying to make us talk about it on the show. Oh, I know you weren't, but <laughs> it, was, it sounded I, interesting. It sounded okay. Like yeah. So I, I looked last night. Uh, it's either a three or four year deal ra- around there. Um, 
Well, I, I look at the way the rest of the contracts are structured term-wise. Nylander and Matthews have three years left. JT and Marner have four years left after this year. And I think, okay, so what's the best way to structure Hyman's deal? I, I was leaning towards three or four years because, I mean, if they if there's not improvements made, especially over the next couple of years, they're going to have to look at this core and say, okay, where did we go wrong and what do we have to change? Mm-hmm. And I think if we ask ourselves and, and, and from what I've heard, it doesn't see like it, it has to be a catastrophe in this city for a guy like Matthews to leave. But if there's rumblings that he wants to leave and there's, we might have to dismantle this, dismantle that it puts the Leafs in a good position that Hyman is either a UFA at the end of the year or a UFA at the end of the year after to get good assets if we have to somehow retool this core. It mm-hmm. puts the Leafs in a desirable situation and saying, hey, if we have to recollect assets, I don't see Hyman dropping off that much by the age of 31, 32. It is going to be a steep drop off eventually the way he plays. But I still think they can recoup good assets at, at, at that point. Now, with there's no reason Hyman should sign that length of a deal. I think if he were to hit the open market, he could get like a five-year deal if he wanted to. Because I feel like there's GMs out there who'd be willing to do it. Matt Bolesky. Like he gets the Matt Bolesky contract. Oh, Matt Bolesky. <laughs> right. Beloved yeah. duck. That's Shouldn't five, have left Anaheim, by the way. five times five for anyone who doesn't know what Matt Bolesky was. Yeah, that's that's my reasoning. Okay. I like that. I like that a lot where you could really kind of tell where this window is, what they're going to have to do in terms of a situ- like cap situation. It's what we mentioned with Colorado too, where they're being very particular about what they're going to take on for the next few years because they know where the most of the money is going to have to going to have to go and Yeah, I don't like I I just kind of hope that there is that hometown you know, loyalty within Zach Hyman where like, listen, I know it's a business, but I just kind of hope that he kind of understands like what his role is here and what he can provide for this team. Because again, like if he goes for the long-term deal in the off season, I, or I think that's something that's we're going to have to face as a reality that if he's not there, that it's something, it's another thing you have to look for in terms of a plug there. What I wonder is, because obviously the way you make up for a cap hit is with term, but it's just like you don't want to go too long with Hyman term because of the way he plays, right? It's like the right. like the back years of the Gallagher and Chris Crowder contracts are going to suck. Like, right. going to suck. We all know that. Um, and, you know, Friedman, I'm playing devil's advocate here. Like, I'm pretty – like, I have the gut feeling that he's going to stay in Toronto. Like, it just makes so children's books and all that, right? Though, like, Devil's Advocate and Freeman mentioned it a few years ago. Like, right now, this summer is the best chance Zach Hyman will ever have to make sure that he is paid and his family will never have to work again. Like, Uh, children's books, I'm sure he gets money for it, but, like, he's not going to get $10 million. Listen, R.A. Dickey made children's books, too, while he was in Toronto for the Blue Jays. That's a name. R.A. Dickey. I can make the argument for why he should stay. Honestly, I'll be honest. If he takes a little bit less than market value, he will be beloved in this city. 
if he takes a little bit less because there's no guy on this team. And I, I brought this up before. No guy on this team has taken a hometown discount. No one. No. Like no. the Nylander contract looks good, but I, I'd say that's more market value than anything. If yeah, he especially takes, for the times. Right. If he takes a little bit less and this team wins a cup, he's st- he will have a statue outside of this arena. Let me ask you this, though. Would you rather a statue or $10 million? But he can make that $10 million else. Like he can make that $10 million in Toronto without having to go somewhere else. Yeah, but he, could, he could make it for the sponsorship of the, the law sponsorship. Firm. There is monetary advantages to playing in Toronto and Montreal because they are the biggest hockey markets in this country and probably the entire league. Right? Would you would you agree with that? I'm just doing devil's advocate here, man. I told you, I think he's oh, gonna okay. say I'm just saying, like I, I think even if he takes a little bit less, and I know the taxes and all that. There's smart people out there who can figure that out. Plus, he won't get the same advertisements somewhere else that he would get here. He's yep. not getting Sokolov lawyer in in New oh, Jersey yeah. or in Florida. Like it's just that's that's the reality. <laughs> Have some respect for the New Jersey Rent-A-Prize Car commercials there. <laughs> sorry, sorry, but yeah, I'm think about it. My wife stole half my money, so now I have to do these commercials. <laughs> but think about it. Like, who else in New Jersey is getting that type that type of advertisement? It's the retired goalie, and he's like, and he's not. I'm not. I don't want to spark this debate. He is one of the. He is one of the best goalies of all time. I don't see like you know what I mean. Like there are monetary advantages to playing in this city. Even if he takes a little bit less, he can make that money back. It's not that big a deal. That's my, that's my argument. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. Again, like I agree with it. I think that what Hyman kind of views himself as and what other teams really are going to view himself as well, that, and I'll use it again as another example, but I think it's more exasperated on the other side is when we look in the city, like Norman Powell, where he's a guy where, you know, for hockey, for basketball terms, he took a discount in his last extension. He was only making $11 million. But teams are still going to pay him, like, based on the production he's kind of had the last few seasons, right? They're going to overpay him. And I think that's just one thing to think about where Zach Hyman has to really kind of balance out that that aspect, what Elliot Freeman said, where it's he's going to go for the home run kind of thing. Like where I mentioned with Kyle Palmieri, like this is one of your last chances to really get that big deal. Or he's going to look at, okay, this is was the perfect situation for me. Like I just want to win. And I think in Toronto, like it's really shown, like it was such an under the radar move when they traded Craig McKaig for him, where um, at, at that time I actually was disappointed. I like Craig McKaig on uh, the Marlies, but the way it's really developed and the way that he's really kind of refined himself from the NCAA to what Toronto's been with him. Like they've been patient with him. They put him where I think he could, ex- he could really excel. And I think he, he himself has to see that situation and understand like, Am I going to have the same type of fit anywhere else if mm-hmm. I sign for the big money? Or, for example, if I go to another team that gives me the big money, I'm not going to have the same supporting cast or realize that I am the supporting cast. I'm not the guy. Well, yeah, and there's a question he has to ask himself. Um, listen, this is the summer for the guy. 
Not to mention, he's the type of guy that the way he plays uh, and what he can do in the playoffs, again, Matt Bolesky, um, like if I, he can make himself a hero and he can make himself a lot of money. So he's got to ask, is it the legacy or is it the all-in-one payday? Um, and listen, it's weird. Alex mentions to me that no one's talking about his contract. Um, it's nice. Because, you know, it's been nothing but that in Toronto for like four years now. Contract talk, I mean. Should probably get back closer to the mic. But, um, yeah, okay. So, um, we still got a few more. We are going long, but it is trade deadlines. Who cares? Okay, Montreal. Mental mistakes and defensive breakdowns. Oh, Shea Weber. That That was not nice. You see the Patriot one? Yeah. Like on the, the Jake Allen comes for the poke check, mm. saves it because like, he has to because it's a crappy line change. And Jeff Petrie just gives it right to Winnipeg for like the wide open net. Like love, you love to see it. Thank you very that much. That was this Paul Stasny goal, right? I think it was, yes. Yeah. Heartbreaking. I'm surprised you didn't credit him with the assist there. I thought, man, I don't get what it is with them, to be honest. It, it really feels like it's mental mistakes right now. Because it is, it's not just like this. Like you see the way that some of these guys have played in like their career. Like, like Shea Weber is a smart defenseman, and you just look at the way he's playing. I don't know if it's the way he's managing. Like his minutes are getting managed or something. It just doesn't quite make any sense to me. It, it's it's very weird. Like he he's a better defenseman than this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I I wanted I I, I want to ask about just in general. Um, not specifically Shea Weber, though. Just what happened? Like, what do you mean? Like, like, I mean, I don't know. Like, what the hell happened last night? He, they were crap. They only had 17 shots on net. I told you, they didn't, like, they, they just weren't playing. Like, they're defensively, they couldn't do it. Yeah. Gallagher, it's not really so much that they're missing Gallagher production, obviously, and they're not scoring. But, like... It just seems to be there's a lack of oomph from everyone not named Lekanin, uh Evans or Corey Perry. Uh, that that's really interesting. Those three names you brought up there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's as if their position, it, their spot is up for grabs. No, no, it's, no? that's the way Lekkinen plays. And Corey Perry's the same. Like Evans has always been that hard four checker. Like it's really, really weird. It's just like. It's frustrating to see these guys who have always, especially now with Gallagher, like no one's like they're going to stay now because they have cap room. Mm -hmm. It's just like I I don't get why there is no just sort of why there's no sort of kick up the butt for the team. I don't get it. I don't don't understand. We have another trade. This time it does involve Montreal. Wow. John Merrill? Uh, John Merrill for Hayden Verbeek and a 2021 fifth. I liked Verbeek. Oh, John Merrill. Remember, uh, John Merrill. He was supposed to be the future of the Devils' defensive core before he was taken in the expansion draft by the Golden Knights. Hold on a minute. Say it again, Daniel. John Merrill. He, because uh, he was an NCAA guy, and then he was supposed to be. Fun fact: He was actually a second-round pick the Devils got with Ilya Kovalchuk from the, uh, the Thrashers. I hope there's more than that. I hope there's more than that. Um, freaking what is this? I'm looking at his stats quickly. 
John Merrill. Okay, whatever. He's a defensive John... defenseman. Yeah, great. That's not what they need. I guess you well, can never yeah. have enough center depth, I guess, is the... Uh, He's a defensive. Uh, defensive depth, center depth. That We were just talking about centers. My God. I hope they... I, that that better be another one. Well, it makes sense because Victor Mete got canned. We got He got waived, so it makes sense yeah. to get another defenseman. I can't imagine that's the only thing he does. Otherwise, um, I'm going to be pretty pissed off because um, they need a puck mover. Yeah. <laughs> they need somebody to... They take Weber off the power. Like, I feel like if you limit his minutes a little more, then like maybe it'll work out. Um, there was no salary retained. How much does John Merrill make? 925. No, he's not bad. Okay, so they still have some room too. You better Correct. You better get someone else who can move cool. the puck. Just, I, I, I want to, I, I was just thinking about something. Um, it seems like uh, the issue isn't, um, player acquisition i don't know if that's what the issue last night looked to be is it more that they're missing they're missing the oomph right so how do you fix that because i don't know if player acquisition is necessarily the way to fix that 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 specifically um the answer is um it's a very cliche answer i hate to give but like Mm -hmm. like, that's in the room like right this is the real thing that they're going to miss of Gallagher. Like, the voice? Think, not the voice. Gallagher isn't the like Gallagher isn't the type of guy to go give you a speech. He leaves it all on the ice, right? And you know what? It, it, it shouldn't just be down to Corey Perry to do that for you. You know, the, they themselves need to like learn how to like just sort of pick up their straps here. I mean, it's just. Like, that has to be them. Like, again, Bergevin has done – like, he made his moves. And, I, again, maybe it's an acquisition thing if he doesn't make another move for a puck movement to Frenchman. You can always claim uh, Vatanen on waivers. Off think waivers. That, I really hope they do. Do you think it's an accountability thing that maybe it's time that a lot of the top guys in the lineup who are not performing feel that pressure that, you know, you're going to be pushed down? Well, here's the frustrating thing. Deneau's playing well again. Who all I, – I hate saying this. I hate saying this so much. But do you know who's starting to get the blaming him because he can't score? It's goddamn Jonathan Drew. Yeah. <laughs> he missed, like, the widest of nets last night. He really did not look great. See, Daniel, I would argue it should be the other way around. When you're under pressure, you should be when, – when you are – that good when you're the upper echelon of hockey players around the world that pressure should push you to do harder that Mm -hmm. that's why i agree with adam i think you're right the answer is in the room and i think it's i i've seen it in other teams this year like i think the answer is in the room in philadelphia for example yeah I don't know if this is an acquisition. I don't know if the issue is they need to go out and get somebody. I think they need to fix whatever's wrong in the room. I think they'll come out of this. And and the exact same thing I was saying about Toronto. I think if they can see themselves getting out of it, that's that's huge. That just alone is is huge. And then once they get out of it, because we've saw we we've seen Montreal play really well. Right, the beginning of the season, then uh, the first 
few games under Ducharme. Like it's, we've seen it before. This it, isn't anything new. McDavid hasn't scored against them. Like they put in these wicked performances versus the Oilers. Keep those two players off off of the score sheet. Right. And then there's just they all collapse. I don't get what it is. And the power play is disintegrated again. I don't know what that is. I don't know if they're just like going back to the old Julian. You know, I don't have anything you can make like a thing on coaching anymore. Their stats compared to when Julian was over, they're almost identical now. Yeah. There was a uh, meme about that. I, yeah, it was I, like I a dude who's that. lost weight and it looks like after, he's probably lost two pounds. Yeah, after 45 uh, days and it's the yeah. same <laughs> identical yeah. record. Well, the thing is now is, seriously, I can't, if they don't make another content move tomorrow, I'm going to be really mad. So what do you want them to make a, for, like, what's the priority? Or forward Puck or moving D to work on the power play. Mm-hmm. Because then you get Weber off of it, manage his minutes so he's not a complete, like, it's just, it's just, you know he's not going to, and like a puck mover to help with zone entries on the power play, right? Because it's always going to be Weber come in, drop pass, because he's not going to be able to go in. Like, they finally mix it up where Kulak is playing on the top pairing. Mm-hmm. Edmonton is finally back with Petrie, who had been dynamite all year. And what do you know, the moment they broke him up, Petrie fell apart. It's just that that's, that's what they have to do here. Is Because here's the problem. I think they play like the Flames a ton in the next two weeks. Now, I think they're seven points up. But if you lose a, three games against the Flames, just like that, Montreal held the games in hand, where we heard this before. They're all of a sudden the point there. Now, luckily, the Flames are just complete trash. They're like they're not even Flames. They're like burnt out charcoal, right? And like they're steaming after you throw the water on the fire. That's what the Flames are right now. As you know, I barbecued yesterday. Really? Yeah. What did you barbecue? <laughs> uh, oh, we're gonna talk about this now. Just quickly. Just okay. Uh, Korean beef ribs. Good. Um, Sounds tasty. Beef tenderloin. Good. Fish. Okay. All right. Okay. 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 okay, Sweet potatoes. Okay. We can move on. The usual. Okay. We can. Okay. Anyway. (laughs) Um. We have a barbecue episode. We should. Um. John freaking Merrill. Get the puck over, damn it. Okay. I also wonder at the same time, like, like Carrie Price is is out. Thanks, George Archibald. You loser. They still don't have Ben Sherrod, but Armia is skating, Sherrod skating. Maybe bringing Wait, those guys back helps. Who injured? Carey Josh Price? Archibald. See, just what did st- I tell you? What did I tell you about Josh Archibald? Here. Alex he takes he- back his, sar- his his apology letter. Yeah, exactly. What did I say about Josh? You guys all made fun of me. For He's a loser. Josh Archibald. Oh, Josh Archibald. He's this. the Sith Lord we've oh, been now, looking now for. Now how the tables have turned, right? It's <laughs> like... <laughs> Last guy we should... Sure to mention here, yep. ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> the debut of the Shark King, the Bar Down Bear, because he's a Care Bear. Cole Caulfield has played two professional games in the AHL. In two games, the boy has, uh, I think it's four points. No, no, is it four? Four points, three goals. They were both game winners. I think it's still too early to call him short king of the north, though. No, it's not of the north. No, he's not Jon Snow. Yeah, yeah. Not no, or, Kawhi, or Kawhi Leonard. 
I, I must not. But be Kawhi too, is tall, though. Right? My so honor. Okay, who cares about Kawhi? We're um, not talking about a, him. No, he's a small forward. That you know what? A good point. <laughs> Make a good point. I just want to talk about Cole Caulfield for like right, five go, minutes. Go this go is all I, I want. I still have to bring up my uh, my Connor Hellebuck thing. So you go ahead. Okay, no, talk about Hellebuck. Who who about Corey Perry in that? Yeah. Yeah, Hellebuck's a loser. I just, you know, like you know, Connie, we 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 complimented you, you so. Connie? Yeah, we're close That's like that. Um, we we complimented him so much the last few years that you know he carried the Jets. But you know, for him to come out like that to talk about Corey Perry, our beloved Corey Perry, like that, you know, just what I said again, you know, never underestimate the heart of a champion. And Corey Perry is a champion at every level. He's an MVP. I mean, listen, all he reiterated, all he said was what most people like. The thing is, Corey Perry, you love to have him on your team. You hate to play against him. That's all I'll say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a pain. He's worse than the pest. He's a rat. He's a rat. I love him. I love him on my team so much. He's like, um, there's a comparison that he's basically Montreal's Jason Spezza. On a, in a regular season, he's on pace for like 25 goals. He's been, I don't know what happened to Corey Perry. There's always this weird thing that old guys come to Montreal and their careers just light up again. Hey, Ilya Kovachuk. Eric Stahl gets a game winner in his first game with the Habs. There's just some magic there. If only like... Al Gill. How, yeah. If only premium free agents showed up and were like, hey, we can do that. No, they, they signed them. It's just five years after their prime. It's more than five. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, he, he, put up, he still put up 30 goals in 2016, 2017. Perry? Yeah. Yeah. Daniel, when did he get bought out? He got bought out because he, he was on Dallas last year, right? Yeah, and so the year before that he would have been, and he was bad. Because he had like two knee surgeries. That is true. Okay, anyway, though. Um, oh, my God. We still have to talk about Vancouver and Taylor Hall. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, oh, but I'm making you sure. You want to talk about Cole Caulfield. Yes, yes. Okay. The short king has debuted. Luckily, both of the RDS, like RDS, have picked up both the games, so that was really nice. It's like, okay, let's take a break from the Masters. Our boy, um, I can't remember his name, who's leading the Masters. Um, Hideki Matsuyama? Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, Cole Caulfield, it felt like he still has like the jitters. Like he, he'll definitely like, um, like, you know, probably make the wrong pass and, like, you know, give away the puck a little bit. But there's no better way to quite make your debut in the AHL than potting two game winners against the Toronto Marlies. And what's really encouraging is he looks like he belongs. Like he's he's very quickly, he gets lost in in the goal scorer way. You know what I mean? Like, he'll get open. Um, like, he just sort of... He's really good at using his speed in, in small areas. You know what I mean? Like Tyler Toffoli has that thing of like, he'll slow his pace down very deceptively, but he'll still keep his feet moving to get around a guy and get a good scoring chance. Uh, Caulfield sort of does that, but then he just sort of breaks out really quickly. There was this play where it led to the elect goal when he was in tight, started skating, toe dragged around somebody, whoever number 11 is for the Marlies, like incredible stuff. And then, you know, it comes in and an Ouellette basically gets a gimme goal off of all of Caulfield's work. I, I had posted like, oh, my God, look at him. He has like three goals. 
in like 24 hours. And Will Baldwin texted me and he's like, why is this guy still in the minors? And articles have already been written that the Habs are not scoring. They need a bit of oomph. So does it not make sense? And my theory is once they're done this little series versus the Marlies, and we knew that the Habs needed to clear up cap before the Gallagher injury, which by the way, because I wasn't here, my heart is broken to a thousand pieces for that. Cole Caulfield being called up is not the craziest thing right now. Like the worst kept secret, he's going to play for the Habs this season at some point. Yeah, It's just a matter of time when. I, I, the thing, I, the thing that you said there though, is he's still jittery, right? Yeah. I just, my guess, I, I don't know. Like I do think he's going to play for the Canadians uh, this year. I, I just think it's not going to, it's going to be later rather than sooner. Was that just because of the jitters? Yeah. Well, but you're going to get that no matter what though. I, I know, but the NHL is different than the AHL, right? Yeah. But even if you get comfortable at the AHL level, yeah, you're still going to get jitter when you called up no matter what. Sure. Yeah. You, you are. Oh, yeah. I guess. Sure. I guess you're right. How many games do you think he's going to get this year? What the um, with the big the, team? Yeah. Let me because we're already at like 40 games playing, aren't we? Yes. Yeah. So Montreal themselves are at um, 38. table 38. Oh my god! Yeah, because they had the COVID. I don't think it's the stretch to say he's going to play at least 15. You would like it that he doesn't like for the betterment of the team. Like he, like you would like him to play sooner. But like you know, there's that small party that's like, I don't want him to play enough games to already count as a rookie because I would like that full 82 stretch so he can make a run for a Calder if he makes that level. Because obviously, like he's not going to do it in 15 games. But like I imagine there's going to be that amount. Like especially like you know he's had the time once he got out of playing with Wisconsin. And, you know, their schedule is like, what do they play? Like, like once a week or not even that sometimes in college hockey? I think it was like... It's like two games a week usually sometimes. Yeah, it was like 20-something games I think he ended up playing. Like, he's a, he's fresh legs, right? Like, that's going to be valuable, especially because Montreal, you know, it's like four games a week for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would think it's at least that. Like, honestly, I, I just have this gut feeling that after the deadline... I can't imagine he's going to be like, it's, he's not far off. Cause again, we saw like, it's not a strange thing to see guys from the NCAA, like jump straight in. Like we saw that with McCarr and Hughes too. Right. And like, if those, like, and Caulfield has something in common with Kale McCarr that he did win the Hobie Baker, which like, how cool is that by the way, that the same day he finds out, this is what I really like about Yolo Bouchard. So apparently they let Caulfield watch the Hobie Baker ceremony um, in the coach's room. Oh, I thought this is really, really cool. So he gets to see that he's won the Hobie Baker and then he goes and has his first pro game when he pops two goals. I thought it was really, really cool. Like a like really, really good stretch for him. But Yeah, that's cool. Like, I still think like, like the quick decision-making and all that. Yeah. That's going to be the adjustment. That's the big thing with the NHL is there's just so much less time to make the play. Um, And it's like, even in Laval and you're going to see this, the case, he's not going to get a lot of defensive zone starts, obviously, 
he's going to play like he's not going to play 15 minutes right away right so listen he, he's going to be here soon they're just being very smart about being very careful with bringing him in because i mean you know i saw mccarran's having an in-person hearing and you think Tenardi and all these guys, like they're being careful with them. Like, I think honestly, he could be playing right now. It's just, it's not the worst thing to be careful with a prospect. No. You know, I, I think it's smart. But and at the same time, like, it's like they need a scoring winger. And if he can provide that, hell, give him the chance. And if he doesn't look good, then you just send him back. It's not a big problem. You know, yeah. anything else? No. I like the patience aspect of it where I, they could call him up here and there a few more games. This is actually really what happens in baseball, like towards the end of the season Yeah, is that you'll have the prospects kind of, or not really the prospects, the guys who are kind of inching to make it that they're the young guys that they'll get the few games in, mm-hmm. especially when there's expanded rosters. And then we'll see where that goes. But then like, it's a slow process with things. It's the same thing that Detroit approach. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if, I wonder how old, was like Datsuk when you showed. Anyway, that's not important. That's not important. Um, okay, the Canucks. I think we'll resume play on the 16th. I think today is actually when their facility is open. I saw a tweet. I can't remember who it was from, but they said at least for Tannen will probably not be available for two games amongst other players. Uh, <laughs> um, I can't help think this was a bit rushed. And we're now fitting. I think Thomas Strands had it that the playoffs are now being pushed back so we can make sure we get four games between the Canucks and the Sens. Um, I can only imagine what this team is going to look like when they come back. I'm also really worried because they're playing the Calgary Flames and um, the Flames are going to get some points there. But, um, and we'll get to Pearson in a second, but the Canucks, and they have had a few days now where it looks like. Um, they haven't had any more positive cases, which is the most important thing, by the way. Um, but this, this still feels really, really rushed to me. I wonder if they revisit that four-game series at the end of the season and say, you know what? Maybe you don't play those. I get mm-hmm. that bit in my stomach, too, that I think it's it's way too early for them to kind of establish this, especially they have one of the worst variants. Yeah, and that this just seems like a rush for things. I know that it's already been quite a bit of time that they've quarantined, but you know, this doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like there's been that due process already that, you know, let, let's just have enough time to see how they are in quarantine and then maybe see how it's going to be in the day-to-day thing. It just, no, it's like, we're going to reopen everything now. It just, it's, it's weird to me. It's not going to be the, the Vancouver. It's going to be the Utica Canucks. Yeah. Like, yeah. you don't go from being on an IV to playing in, like, a week. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if it was the last episode or the episode that you were on, um, Adam. And there was the, the tweet going around about rest. And I said, there is no yes, yes. resting here. Like, yes, I guess because they have COVID and there's not much for them to do. The guys on IVs or the guys with symptoms, I'm sorry, they're not on the bike. They're not doing whatever, like in their whatever space they are in, they're not doing exercise and resting here. Like, yeah, they're lying on the couch or they're in their bed because they're sick. 
but their body isn't resting the same way my body is resting when I am sitting on the couch playing video games or watching TV because I'm not sick. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's like, you're, I think, yeah, maybe you're right. It is a little bit rushed, but, and like they're, they've been sick. Like they haven't rested. <laughs> that's, that's. Again, Sid Sixero mentioned as well that the like it doesn't matter if Vancouver doesn't play another game this year. No, it doesn't. They're they're out of it. I mean, I know. I think it was Freeman was mentioning on Three One Thoughts podcast about like the thing with the lottery and like them getting another game. Like, like who cares at, at this point? Like, seriously, what does that matter at all? Um, and, and like, yeah, it, it's there's. Not only like, like the Blues mentioned how bad COVID was for them. The Sabers mm-hmm. never recovered. I just I feel so bad for the Canucks in this whole situation. Um, story to keep an eye on. I mean, like, mm-hmm. what do you even say to this? I mean, it's obviously it's not even been a very good look in Vancouver too, um, because and this is on a much less important scale. Like, we need to again mention here. It's like. The safety of the Canucks and their family members are of the utmost importance here. Like, again, who gives a crap about if Chandler Pearson has a bad contract? I want to make sure that he's okay. Though in the, though we will mention now that the Habs did – the Habs. Tanner Pearson did sign an extension with the Canucks. The uh, – Daniel, what was that tweet you sent out on the podcast? Oh, I don't know. I think it was um... – one of us, I think, on the uh, so, social media. Was that a us. joke? Because I thought it was the perfect joke. If you were serious, I do apologize. But it's like, I looked at that. I'm like, that's a zinger. <laughs> <They went, laughs> I tried to do kind of like, I, I admit that he, okay, so he did have that bounce back season, but it was a bit of a zinger, I admit, that I added there just honestly, just I, I didn't do it for that one guy that replied to us. I did it just, until I could see, until I saw you guys see it. I think it's just one of those things that I do sometimes where I don't do it for the audience. I just do it for the re- the reaction for you and Alex. Oh, you're the best in social media. So you said another solid extension <laughs> for the Canucks this week. Pearson really rediscovered his production in Vancouver and always wanted to stay. So if you haven't been paying attention to the Tanner Pearson, first of all, he hasn't had a good year, has not scored. Secondly. There were, like, the past month has been, we're trying to sign him. He's available. He wants to leave. We're going to try and keep him. And then he signs here. The AAV is $3.25 million. There's, each year has a variety of trade protection. Friedman mentioned again, although everyone thoughts we love him. Well, where would we be without Elliot Friedman? That apparently there seems to be a handshake deal that he will be protected in the expansion draft. But our good friend Harmon Donna. I've seen sort of tweet about like comparables and how Tanner Pearson's on a bit of a, de- a decline here. And the real kick in the nuts is Jim Benny saying that he doesn't foresee a cap, have any cap issues over the summer when it's all going to go to Pennington and Hughes. Um, I have some news. Yeah, sure. Uh, it's not a trade, but it's an update of what we've spoken to about last week. Sure. Uh, Henrik Lundqvist tweeted out right after getting back on the ice after surgery, I made it my stretch goal to join the Capitals for the end of the season. Training has been going really well and I've been feeling good, but my heart isn't quite ready. 
Oh, that's unfortunate. And just like that, my heart's broken. Oh, King. You know what? Respect to him that he's he's been skating and ah, uh, you know what? Then maybe Siegenthaler, maybe I don't know. Maybe, Oh, maybe they are getting a goal. Like poor Lundqvist. I wouldn't uh, be surprised. I I think he he'll be back next year. I you know what? I hope he is. I that man deserves to go out on his own terms. Everything he's done, yeah. the second best goalie of this generation. Like I tremendous amount of respect for him, Lundqvist. I love that guy. And somehow he gets hotter every year. I look at Lundqvist in a suit, and I'm like, I don't feel like I'm actually a man because he is just such a, a specimen. <laughs> I just look at him like Lundqvist. You like I love you so much. He's such a great guy. Charity plays the electric guitar. I mean, like it's not fair that people like Eric Lundqvist exist. Oh, he's a great athlete, and he should. He deserves a cup. He really does. And do you know what? He's going to be chasing that cup as Ovechkin chases the goal record. I think he's it's it's 168 or I think it's 168. He's away from now. Check my Twitter. Yeah. Because I'm tracking you. Anyway. Adam Tracker. Yeah, sir. Where were we? Um, Pearson, Pearson, bad contract. I don't don't necessarily think it's a bad contract. I think it's a bad contract for the team, though. I think because of the situation that they're already in, there's no – there was – and I think we brought this up when we were discussing – Vancouver before and when the rumors were going around about Pearson what else is going on in Vancouver that there should be excitement for like the Hughes and McC- uh, Hughes and Pedersen talks are extremely preliminary so that's not happening anytime soon like reasonably so because of COVID um, you have Hoglander who's a good shout like you have the guys who were here before but Pearson seemed to be the big thing. It's like, man, it's like you probably shouldn't have needed to resign him, but because of the situation that you are in, I guess you wanted to. I think what I kind of feel is, which is funny, it's this is actually a kind of a player based on his production and based on what he's kind of meant to the team that I would have waited on this. I would have waited until the off season and maybe would have gotten him cheaper. Cause again, he's not having the best of seasons and you know, he's not performing the way he was with his LA days where he had that one good season last year where we thought things were kind of working out. But again, he's going back to his old, his, um, what's the word? His, his old habits where <laughs> it's just, it's Daniel, like, please, it, he's- He's not spending money on July 1st. He's spending it before. Please. Okay, on. but it's just it's just one of those moves where it's like, yeah, you've waited too long for Tyler Toffoli, but now that you're, for some reason, jumping the gun and signing Tanner Pearson instead. That's what I mean, I'm way through the season. If they had waited, they probably would have lost. Like that's, that's part of Benning's identity, too, is losing out on the important players that you need to bring back and then overpaying just less effective ones. Like, sorry, we lost Stetcher. Let's bring in. What's did he even bring anyone to really Myers. replace him? Like, well, they Chappie. signed My- they signed Myers that year, did they not? I think that was the year, the summer before. Oh. I want to say it was, but still, like that's what you're left with. It's like right. Myers. 
Like, yeah. Uh, a lot of money for him. <laughs> the Canucks. The Canucks. Like, it went so it went bad really fast. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be difficult to dig yourself out of this one. Okay, um, we'll finish the show off with this: the big fish, tuna fish, big fish. What's a big fish? The shark. Couldn't tell you. Are sharks fish, or are they like weird things? No, no, I think no, they're fish. fish. They are. <laughs> yeah. They, okay. Yeah. No, it's whales that are mammals. Are dolphins mammals as well? Or are they fish? I think they're fish. That's weird. That's really weird. Okay, the big fish, the shark of free agency is Taylor Hall. I am of the opinion that the Sabres are going to get a first-round pick, and here's why. I hope that we're going to have some sort of excitement at this deadline. And if the biggest trade is like a C prospect in the second, this sport is doomed. <laughs> I really, really hope that like the state, like Boston work out a sign and trade here and they get him. And it's like, here's this money. I don't care if you're a left winger, you're playing with Krejci. We're getting him the winger. He's always deserved. Please. How can you like, do that to your guy, Trent Frederick? Uh, he's like, he's on the fourth line. Last time I checked daily face off <laughs> or, you know what? Playing with Craig Smith. Oh, they were going to say Jack Stadnika in a second. I was, you know what's Taylor really Hall. funny? In my head, I was thinking, man, if they don't do, if they have just rental hall, it's probably going to be a second in Jack Stadnika. Stadnika, Stadnika, I don't care. Like, it, it makes sense. Yeah. There, there's only a couple. Like, I don't think they're going to. I, I don't think there's a GM who would give up a first for pure rental Taylor Hall, unless there's. Uh, retention attached, salary retention attached to that. It's Detroit. Come on, Dan. Right, like <laughs> there, here we go. Detroit, <laughs> Chicago. I'll I'll call you, Stan Bowman and uh, Steve Eiserman. Let's get get a deal done. I think I uh, I really think he could go to Boston. Like I just I have this feeling that that's where it would fit perfectly. You brought up David Krejci there before. You know, how many times have they tried to bring someone in to put next to him and it just hasn't worked? I have a, I don't know why. I'm still – I know that they've tried it before and they're still pretty locked in, but I'm still thinking about Colorado. Uh, it's just – so in Colorado, let me get daily face-offs. Because you could go that. for it with him, but you don't have to resign him. They still have that flexibility. So what we got to remember here is it's, you know, there's a need on the right side for David Savard in in, um, Tampa, right? I think what we do have to think about is the fit as well, right? Because you don't want to pay that possible price. And you want to think about it like this. He's not going to, he's not, like, I would say Hall is a bit of a power guy. He's not going to, he's not better than Rettman. So he's not going to kick him off. He's not going to kick, kick Land. Imagine going to Gabriel Landeskog and saying, you're losing your spot to Taylor up. No. Brandon Saad's been a puck recovery genius. Burakovsky's the skill guy, and we all know Nazem Kadri. But he's not getting into their top six. That's and the I thing just, where, uh, I don't know, like, again, I'm going to use the Pittsburgh Penguins as an example. Yeah. Like. Third line. Yeah, you could do three scoring lines. And then what do you like 
Joe Stonskoy Hall. Yeah, like that's pretty solid. And then he's the scary. Well, think of it like this then. He's not making the why is Donskoy on the first power play unit? Fast. Maybe he's net front presence, actually. That makes sense. But then who are you taking off? Like, are you taking Devon Taves off the power play for Hall? Yeah, you probably do that. Maybe you know what, Daniel, you're on you're on something there. And then what you knock down the Kushkin down, and then whoever you ever heard of Liam O'Brien? That's their fourth line right winger right now. Number 38. Fun. You know what, Daniel? You might be onto something then. So, okay, so let's formulate the trade here, okay? And for the sake of James Duffy, okay? Okay. We'll say that they call up the Red Wings, and this is their last salary retention. And we can say they pull the same shenanigans, they get a fourth. They do the same thing. And then that means, and I think Hall would waive it for Colorado without a question. So that brings the cap hit down to $2 million, which is pretty damn good. What do they give up then? So it's, it's the first round or whatever, but then what else do you give up? Like who's the other guy? Is it Timmons? Because he doesn't. And a first for Taylor. That's, that's pretty high. Well, think about it like this is you're getting Taylor Hall at $2 million, which like there's value in that. And it makes sense because you're not only giving up a good player, you're also doing a massive favor for Connor Timmons because he doesn't have a, he's not going to make that roster. He's never going to. It's just Gerard and all of them have just taken it. I mean, we talk about Kale McCarr, by the way. Um, Samuel Gerard is, and everyone talks about how good Adam Fox has been now. He should be the Norris Trophy winner. Uh, Sam Gerard is, is probably the best defenseman on that team. He's Timmons isn't going to have a spot there. No. Like, I, think I, I think they're doing him a favor if they send him to Buffalo. Well, I think if it's Timmons, I mean, it wouldn't be the first. I I don't know. It would be like their second, and then Liam O'Brien. It's because I'm, I'm, I'm because I'm thinking of Buffalo in this situation. They are they they had this situation before with Evander Kane, and yes, they. They ended up getting a first for him, but that was a conditional first. Okay, how about this? How about this? How about this? If they make the finals, it's a first. Yeah. It's a conditional second. Okay. Yeah, or that the works. conference yeah. finals at least. If. That was like the Matt Zuccarello deal too for uh, going to the Stars. It's like if the Stars went to the finals, it became like a first. Oh yeah, he was a star. But then like he broke his leg, and then no, Minnesota still gave him a long term extension. Would there be a better finals matchup than Tampa Bay versus Colorado? I'd I was that. really hoping for that last year. I wanted that last year too, but, yeah. But Colorado blew it in 40 seconds. Like, I, I feel if they, let's say they did go out and get Taylor Hall, that is like the thing with Tampa last year is they had line after line after line just come out and hem you and murder you and bruise you. And now you got, if you have Taylor Hall on that third line and Daniel brought up Pittsburgh, like that's what they're creating here is, oh, here's Nathan McKinnon and the one of the best, like if not the best line in hockey. Here's Nazem Kadri, Burkowski, and Brendan Saad. And here's Taylor Hall, Tyson Jost, and Jonas Donskoy. Yeah. It's like, oh my God. I like it. Oh. Like, I, I, I like that. I just like the fit because there's no long-term commitment there, but the mm-hmm. thing is the way the avalanche are built, like they have to make these type of moves to just kind of go for it every year. I think there are much worse. And again, Paul's value 
is at its lowest, which is huge. Absolutely huge. If he goes to Colorado, it's probably the easiest team to go make back some money that you might have lost when it comes to the offseason. Oh, he should have gone there if that was a thing. And okay, so their cap line dead space cap space is just under two million. So like you probably send some scrub the other way too. Um, doesn't matter. All right. Uh, Jacob McDonald is suspended, guys. I forgot about that. Okay. Um, so we're saying then Taylor Hall, um, Detroit are in there and they get a pick, whatever. So Taylor Hall at like all the money retained for Timmons and a conditional second that if they make the cup final, it's a first. Yeah, and throw in a roster player. Just yeah, for yeah, some yeah. scrub to make it work. Yeah. Yeah. Number 38, whoever that was. Liam O'Brien. Liam O'Brien. Liam O'Brien, sure. Yeah. Okay. I think that's everything. That is. Mm-hmm. Good. Um, look forward for content because I'm going to make a John Merrill video after this. Yeah. Apparently he's not bad. Apparently he's a really good shutdown defenseman, and he's been he was a he's a plus two on Detroit. Um, just maybe not the move Montreal really need. Um, but he bet he's better than Victor Mete. Anyway, that's everything for today. Fun episode. You'll, we'll see you Wednesday when we look at what happened at the deadline. Winners and losers, if anybody makes a trade. We really hope they do, but uh, at this point, who knows? Okay, if you enjoyed this episode, of course you did. Check out YouTube, do all the stuff on there. You've heard me say this before. Voice Ed, thank you as always. A fantastic platform. Check out the Spotify and the iTunes and all that. If you don't, then that's your choice. And I'm okay with that. But you should do it anyway. Um, check out Alex's blog, Daniel's Eye Opener Gubs, Hockey Rider Gubs, my article for the Eye Opener YouTube channel. Um, there was one more thing I was gonna I was gonna ask you guys. Okay, last thing to add to end the podcast here. Before we go to that, okay, please check out the big board, the big board, and the WordPress site. Yes, Good stuff. We will be. Uh advertising that like crazy and be active on social media the whole day tomorrow. TikTok coming soon. We're working on that. Um, We're also trying to have some more guests in the future. Um, That'll be fun. Maple flavored bacon. Yes or no? Yes, but not all the time. Okay. Alex. I'm, I've never. I don't think I've ever tried it. I'd be interested in trying it. I've tried it by mistake because you know when you have your pancakes, your eggs, your bacon on the same yeah. plate. Yes. And then the you know like the maple syrup is gonna run eventually. A real right? breakfast, yes. Yeah, but the eggs like I don't know like I have to segregate the eggs from there. Segregate the eggs. A, I don't know what to say to that. Right there. Yeah. Okay. Um, if anyone cares, right now. Hideki Matsu, Matsuyama is leading the Masters by four strikes over four strokes over a guy who I don't know. Um, Rose, I think it's Adam Rose. No, it's not Adam Rose. Rose is at a minus seven. Zalatras minus seven. Second is a battle right now. Dustin Johnson was a massive disappointment. Um, but yeah, the first Japanese. I don't think a Japanese uh, golfer has ever won a majors or anything. So. Matsuyama, let's go. We're rooting for you. And 
if he chokes, then it's his fault. But but you're our guy. We love you. We are rooting for him. Well, I was actually rooting for Rose once I've been, DJ bit the dust. But I've been a fan ago. since April 10th, 2021. I've been a f- fan since Thursday. Oh, <laughs> well, you're the bigger fan. Yeah. Golf. How about it's, Alex? I barely watched it. Okay. <laughs> you're asking the wrong person here. Okay. Well, that's it. Thanks, guys.